and welcome back into Fantasy Baseball Camp. We are here at episode 33. We're here in the All-Star break, but that doesn't mean the fun has stopped. We talked uh, yesterday about the Home Run Derby and what's going on there and what our predictions are. And then the day before that, what did we talk about, Wes? We talked about the Futures game. Futures game. Yeah, what we're excited about, uh, some of the young guys we're looking forward to, maybe some dynasty keepers. Yeah, that's always if you're if you don't follow the draft, you don't follow the futures game. It's a great the draft is a great way just to if you didn't if you didn't watch it, you don't remember those players in the first top ten. You know, mm-hmm. it's cool to when you see a guy get called up or get called the futures game, you remember when they were drafted. You know, yep. oh, I remember when Mickey Moniak was drafted. He looked like a child walking up onto the stage because <laughs> so I mean he's eighteen, so he was yeah. a child. Yeah, it's fun watching those guys grow. You know, you look at their face and you're like, "Guy, he's got a baby face." And then four years later, you see him in the in the futures game, and you're like, "Wow, looks like a grown adult." What happened? Well, I, what what kills me is when this guy Mickey Moniak goes first overall, and he's this tiny kid. That you're like, "Really? This is the guy they think is yeah. the best player?" And like number two comes this college kid who's you know a junior junior in college and has spent three years you know hitting the the college weight room. Yeah. That, uh, I, I don't get that and, sometimes. I mean, that, hey, that's all credit to the scouts, right? Like that's that's what their job is. Just look at this wiry kid. Like you know, if you looked at highlights of Moniac when he got drafted, real wiry. Honestly, he looked a lot like you. You know, just kind of skinny, tall, <laughs> and then you know, <laughs> looked like professional ball player. Exactly. And then you look at this kid out of college, and it's like he's more well developed. You know, but he's three years ahead. So you got to give scouts credit on that, man, and saying, hey, here's how he's going to look and feel as a player in three years, four years. Like, that's so difficult to do. Right. And Moniak at first was kind of looked like he wasn't kind of working out, but lately he's been doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, man. 300 I mean, now that Trout's out, out of the game. Yeah, I mean, he's getting a chance to play every day with, with the Angels, so it looks like, you know, the talent is actually kind of shining through, you know? Right. I don't know that I would recommend starting him in fantasy, um, but surely a guy to watch. As I bet, yeah. I, I would say this isn't his year. Moniak's no. got to get comfortable. Maybe I mean he's got ten home runs. I was about yeah. to say he doesn't have the power, but I, I think it, he's a left-handed hitter, and like as we know, it takes lefties a little more time to develop. Um, I would say not this year, but next year, as long as he maintains where he's at right now, like I could see him being a real fantasy asset next year. I mean, so here's his line right now, Wes, <laughs> and we're we're telling him that we're we're saying that this guy is not good enough to be picked up. His line is three oh eight, three thirty eight, six forty six, six forty six. Short sample; it's only thirty eight games. But, I mean, it's it's hard not to roster or start that guy. I mean, he should be rostered, right? Like that's at least there. But he's rostered in twenty eight percent of leagues. That blows my mind. I, it should, I don't it should know, be man. skyrocketing with Mike Trout out. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. But those poor Angels—they looked like a playoff team, and now Otani had it was just a blister, right? Yeah. But Trout so, had actual surgery. This is here's the uh, the 2016 draft, right? Mickey Money Moniac number one, Nixon Zell number two, Ian Anderson number three. Whatever happened to that guy? Uh, didn't he have surgery? Tom, Tommy oh, John. Yeah, Tommy John. Yeah. Being this Riley, year. Riley Pint number four, Corey Ray number five, AJ Puck number six, Braxton Garrett number seven, 
Cal Quantrill, Matt Manning. It's kind of a, I don't know, what would you say, an underwhelming draft per se? Very much, very much. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I remember Puck was supposed to go higher and he just kept falling. I don't know if that was for money, but. Yeah, I think it was a money he money thing. He was going to be the number one guy out of Florida. Um, he was, I in my opinion, like the clear number one guy, him and Sinzel. Um, but and yeah, the names on this list are crazy. I'm, Corey Ray barely even made a, a debut. But I, I mean, Puck was looking the part up until he was. Yeah. He made the majors in AAA and AA. He was looking the part. Wonder if, uh, Oak, you know, he was Oakland. And Oakland just doesn't seem to be able. They can get those guys just there, and then they have to trade them yeah. away from the breakout. You know, yeah, very weird their development process. You know, they they actually do a decent job of developing players because they kind of have to. But then, like once they get to the major leagues, you're like, oh, he's just kind of an average player. You know, yeah. So, okay. Well, this is episode 33. Uh, we are in the all-star break, but we are we play the all-star break. It's a funny time. Um, you can either do a short week of yeah. Thursday through Sunday, and you only get four games, or you combine that week with the following week, and it's a longer week, about 10, 12, 12 games. Um, no, yeah, about for, nine or 10. Nine or 10. Yeah, for us, it's always worked better to do the combined week. You know, the short week is just kind of like, sometimes that's just basically a free win for somebody. And, you know, that doesn't always match up for the best competitive balance in, in fantasy. Right. The all-stars that pitch don't pitch in that short it, week. Exactly. So you don't, the guys who have good pitching. So it's 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 a, t- it's a tough time to kind of say, oh, yeah, we're, we think it's fair to only go four days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's how like our, our our championship. We hate to do one week championships, but if we make it two weeks and get too deep into September, guys yeah. don't play. Exactly, and then <clears> you <throat> get a championship that's riding on like a number three or number four starter. Right. But this is the All Star break where uh, we we as a as a league we go the longer ones as reasons we just explained uh, gives a better feel for the team to f- actually play. It's like a series rather than just an elimination game. Um, but we're here to talk about some waiver waiver ads, and I think we've got some decent ones today. Um, we're in the last few weeks. I think we are scrambling to find guys we would actually want to recommend that weren't, weren't more than 80% owned. Um, but I think we've had some, some I wouldn't say breakouts, but that's a, a term I'm going to say, breakouts of waiver guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Guys yeah. who actually you know might add value impact value to your team yeah breakouts for the last two weeks right because I, <laughs> I know when we were doing i guess it's it also easier for the two of us here um at the camp just to be able to pick out the best because when we have four of us it can get thin yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you're you're reaching pretty deep for that uh waiver ad and you're like i might pick this guy up but not necessarily like hey he needs to be owned right so no, I've got I've got three guys here to talk about today that I would recommend picking up, and that first one is going to be the obvious. It's it's Alec Manoa, it's Alec yeah. Manoa, it's Alec Manoa. Pick up <laughs> Alec Manoa. Oh man, I it, <laughs> it it hurt me to actually watch a little bit of that. I'm like, oh well, he's actually doing pretty good. He actually looks better. I mean, nothing in the Arsenal looked any different. Um, other than maybe he used the fastball a little more. I, I don't know, man. It, I, I guess for me, the one thing was 
I still don't know why he was getting shelled so hard. I don't right. know. And I don't know if he solved that problem. Well, the but, walks were up. Yeah, the walks. Well, yeah, I know. And I, I think the best thing we've seen to attribute that to is he's he walked a lot of people and maybe the pitch clock had something to do with it. That's the only thing we've come to. But I have to agree with you at this point in time. Um, Manoa's a must-add if he's not on a roster in your league. Pick him up because it, it, the state of pitching, it's worth a chance, and he does have ace upside. Right. Prior to his start on Friday, he was 81% owned in in our uh, in CBS leagues. After that start where he went eight strikeouts with zero walks, he's now 86% owned. So hurry up, folks. Go grab yeah. Manoa. He's, he's, he's any better than what's on the waiver now. Julio Tehran, Drew yeah. Smiley. Um, yeah, and those guys don't have ace upside, right? Like you're not expecting them to go seven innings and strike out ten, but Manoa does. You know, Manoa has that opportunity. I don't anticipate either one of those guys ever being ninety plus percent owned. Where Manoa yeah. could eventually be back to ninety six percent owned. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah, ace upside. You're not going to find anything better. I would, I would say, you know. We t- the other guy who made a debut Friday, I just want to mention, Carlos Rodon. Don't think he was av- he's available in leagues. He's already 97% owned, uh, but making his Yankee debut, um, it went well. Not well. Oh, it didn't go awful, I would say. <laughs> it didn't go awful. He faced the Cubs, gave up only four hits. Two of them were home runs. Oh, I'm sorry. One of them were home runs. Two walks, two strikeouts, only 69 pitches. That's for a first first year debut, you know, kind of in April. Uh, I, that was the Cubs are are hitting pretty decent, but anyways, uh, Carlos Rodon, if he's if he's one of the available in one of your one of the leagues that you're the three percent in, uh, he's another uh, guy who made his debut with Manila on Friday. So moving to that, Wes, uh, what do you got for us for this uh, long week All Star break? Yeah, so the, the first guy I'm going to mention is uh, Andres Jimenez. And I'm going to talk about him because you probably, if you drafted him, invested a, a decently high pick on him because he was the guy that was anticipated to be like top two or three second baseman going into the year. And he had an absolute disastrous first half, April, May, and June. I mean, he just was not good. I think um, his highest scores were the most points he scored was fourteen and a half, and the rest yeah. of them were like six, two, four and a half, thirteen, five. Yeah, Oof. and then you know week seven he had four and a half points, and then something changed. I, I don't know what it is. I didn't read anything about a swing change or anything like that that he was working on. I didn't see any type of mechanical adjustments, but he scored twenty two. Uh, sorry. Yeah, 22 in week nine, and he's taken off ever since. So um, I will say one thing I did read was that in April, May, and June combined, he had eight steals, and then so far in July, eight games, he has seven steals. So he now has 15, and I think he's made a commitment to start stealing more, um, which definitely helps his value in fantasy points-wise. And well, honestly, Roto wise as well. Um, I think he probably was drafted expecting that he was going to steal a lot of bases, and he simply didn't in the first three months. Right. But no. The one big thing I want to mention is that on May twenty third, 
his Woba was sitting at 243. And on his 30-day rolling average chart, as of two days ago, it's up to 351. And it's been a constant trend upwards since May 23. So even though the points haven't been there at the late, later end of May, early June, it's starting to come around for him. Um, and he's, he's scored, uh, let's see, the last two weeks, he went 22 and a half and 26 so far in week 14. So, hey, man, I'm picking up Andres Jimenez because it looks like he might actually start being the guy we, we expected him to be to start yeah, the his, season. His splits from month to month, you see it come back in the month of June and really in the eight games in July. Yeah. Um, his on base was in April was 330. In May, it was 272. His slugging in May was 299, but now for the month of July, he's hitting 276 with a 400 on base and a 552 slug. Guys hitting doubles, guys hitting home runs, he's stealing bases. I mean, seven steals in eight games. Yeah, yeah, and it's like that's Ronald Acuna type stuff right there. Uh, Exactly, and I think that's (laughs) like we we certainly didn't expect him to be you know a 40 50 steal base guy, but you know 20 to 30 is within reach for him right right absolutely uh and second base people i think second base is always a weak position he's also a shortstop too um i feel like shortstop hasn't been um as wild i think guys like jeremy pena have felt fallen off a little bit um i i i had pena i drafted pena expecting him to be my shortstop and tatis to stay in the outfield but i moved on from that um and found better options in the outfield because I feel yeah. like that's kind of like the flip side. The outfield was is looked at at the beginning of the year as being very weak, and now you're yeah. finding guys who can fill that spot. Yeah, I'd agree. Outfield was very weak going into the year, at least the outlook was, and there's been some guys that emerged and vice versa, where shortstop was look at looked at as the most loaded position, and now some guys are scrambling, you know, to to try and find any shortstop that has any value, like an Ezekiel Tovar or something. <laughs> right. So, um, a biz- uh, go ahead. No, no, I'm, I'm telling you, go ahead. Your turn. Oh, so the, the next position I think everyone's always scrambling for is relief pitcher. And uh, I, I mentioned him as co-shaver and mentioned Jordan Hicks, but this is Adbert Alzale, the clo- now closer for the Cubs who looks to have locked the position in. Um, the guy wasn't getting, you know, multiple, you know, saves in a week, in a fantasy week, but he finally is there. Um, he's got two saves this week, 19 points, um, still has a game to play today in this period. He's only 28% owned. The Cubs aren't looking like sellers at this moment. If they, they're looking like they're still going to try win ball games, they're right now they're a roller coaster team. Um, but they're winning close ball games, um, and Azale is going to get you strikeouts along with that. He's no Felix Felix Bautista, of course. You know everyone wants that Felix Bautista high strikeout kind of relief pitcher. Um, but Azale, you're going to see he's only got six saves, but that's because he wasn't the closer until recently. And yeah. um, did he uh, did he take it over from Mark Leiter? I mean, Leiter was was kind of the guy, wasn't he? Mark Leiter's been the high leverage guy. Uh, Alzale in the month of July, four games, already has two saves. And in those two saves, he's pitched, uh, he's got set, oh, he's four games, four innings. He's only got two saves in four games. 
Um, but still, I'm still recommending uh, if you need a closer to pick him up. I think he could be uh, an asset going forward, if especially if the Cubs, you see the Cubs are buyers at the deadline. The NL Central is wide open. The, the Reds are running away with it a little bit. Um, they would be the team I would recommend if Alexis Diaz was there on your uh, waiver, but he's probably not. Adbert Alze is only 28% owned, and his value should continue to increase as the Cubs play better. Wes? Uh, Tom, uh, Tommy, not Tommy. Uh, Dan just offered me a trade I'm pretty interested in so we'll get back to that later <laughs> alright so that was Adbert Alzale Wes uh, you mentioned a hitter you got a pitcher to mention yeah so I want to I want to talk about this guy and look Kenta Maeda might not have the most appeal uh, some people have probably written him off in fantasy at this point but I just want to mention what he's done since he's come back from his IL stint, right? So since his return, he's gone 17 innings pitched with 21 Ks and only given up three earned runs. He scored 54 and a half points in those weeks, and he faced the Braves, all right? And in that start, he only he only gave up five hits and two earned runs for the Braves. And I'll be honest, that's one of the best starts against the Braves that I've seen in the last, <laughs> you know, couple weeks, months. And he only no scored three. Safe. Yeah, no not against the Braves, man. They have just destroyed pitchers. So, uh, look, he only scored three points in that start against the Braves, but it's one of those things where I watched that game, and he pitched really well. Um, he kept him off balance. There was not a lot of hard contact. Um, so he didn't get to go six and get the quality start. So the, the points that he scored in that game didn't really add up to how he actually pitched in that game. Pitched really well. Didn't walk. I think he only walked one, um, threw a lot of strikes, and he induced a lot of weak contact. And since he's come back, uh, he's looked like a different guy. I mean, his first start, um, I think Rocco went out to take him out, and he was like, no, absolutely not. Like, I'm I'm going to finish this. And I don't know, something about that for me was like, I think he has a little different mentality out there than he, he did to start the season. Looks like he's attacking hitters more. So... Hey, uh, I'm going to pick up Kenta Maeda. Um, maybe I just have something for Minnesota starting pitchers, even though they don't score that many runs. Uh, I'm not sure. Maybe I just like getting hurt by, by starting pitchers. I'm not, I don't <laughs> Are know. the Twins your team to win it in the Central? <clears throat> oh, God, that's so tough. That has been such a dumpster <clears throat> fire. Um, I think if there's a team that can emerge, that can flip the light switch, it's probably them. Because they do have a good rotation. They do have a good lineup with some young guys that can contribute. You know, Alex Kirilov, you know, if they, if Miranda kind of comes back and does what he did at the end of last year. Yeah, I think the Twins are likely the case there in the Central. White Sox are, God, they are Done. probably the reason that, that that division is a dumpster fire. So Cleveland just doesn't have enough offensive firepower, man. You know, it's Jose Ramirez and that's about it. So they got Andres Jimenez and Jimenez. Yeah. He's picking it up for miles straw. I think it's the other, only other guy I could think of on yeah. that team. They're and just they're talking they're, about trading Shane Bieber away. Well, yeah, I think, I think they should honestly, because they have some young arms that are very capable and can kind of take them the, the next step, but they need offense, man. And they can get a decent return. I don't know that they're going to get a huge return for Shane Bieber, 
but they can get a, a decent return and get some bats uh, in their lineup. You hope that they they make it worthwhile and not just trade him for trade him, you know, just because yeah. he's an expiring contract and we have pitching. Right. You yeah, hope exactly. you get do what the Marlins did, trade a pitcher and get a yeah. silver slugger. A silver slugger, yeah, exactly. <laughs> what kind of deal is that? Not even an ace for a silver slugger. Hey, man. Good for them. Good for the Marlins. Right. Ma- Maeda's only uh, 51% owned um, in league, so he's out there, uh, most likely in, in your league. Um, let's see who's he's he's faced up in as the uh all star break comes to a close and then the season starts again. He could line up to pitch against Oakland or Seattle. Pretty good matchups there. Um, if you're if you're looking for someone who needs um who needs some some starts, I like I I like the mention Kenta Maeda. Um, the the twins are are coming around. Oh, I think they could. Um, I think it's between the Twins and Guardians. The Tigers could could come out of nowhere. They came. They were down there by the the White Sox and, and Royals at one point. And we're going to talk about another guy that they just got back to. <clears throat> Who the uh, Twins? No, the, oh, Tigers. the Tigers. Yeah, the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, let's let's just roll right into that. Who the uh, Tigers? Yeah. So I mean, they just got Riley Green back, man. And like, if you look at what he was doing before he had that. Uh, uh that fibula fracture it's not a fracture i think it was a hairline but like the four weeks before he went out he went 22 and a half points 20 and a half points 13 and a half and 30 and a half points i mean he was really coming into his own and he was starting to hit slug he was starting to hit for power um kind of a do-it-all guy he was but he was becoming that superstar they uh they expected him to be and then he got last hurt, year man yeah <laughs> Yeah, right. They expected him to be that last year, um, but he's finally kind of starting to do it now. He's only rostered in seventy-one percent of CBS leagues, and Riley Green looks like he can be one of those guys that you pick up, and towards the second half of the year, it makes the difference in uh, making the playoffs and potentially winning your league. Right? Like he has the look of that type guy. Yeah, the month of May when Wes was talking about him getting hot and actually looking like the Riley Green they expected him to be, he was batting 365, 435, 573. Three home runs, four stolen bases, almost a two-to-one walk-to-strikeout ratio. Um, guy looked like a... I mean, those are MVP. That's an MVP-type stat line right there. 365, 435, 573. He did that in 25 games, so... I mean that's a it's a short sample, but when you're looking at splits from month to month, the guy was looking like he should be rostered and started in all leagues, um, scoring 22 and a half, 20, 13, and then 30. And for me, if I see that someone who can score 30 or you know that 25 to 30 range regularly, I want him. Yeah, and in the since he come he's come back. Um... Two games, five at bats, three hits. You know, two walks, one one strikeout. No home runs yet, but um, and the only thing I will say is when I watched him running the bases, it looked a little weird. Like it didn't look like he was running smoothly. So I'm not sure that the the leg is healed a hundred percent, but it's healed enough for him to play. Um, so I think I'm in on on Riley Green. You wonder why they brought him back for five games before the All Star break? Just give him I know, that, that more, was more rest. That was kind of weird. 
Um, I didn't, I don't know. That that was kind of weird. I expected him to be back after the all-star break, but Hey, they brought him up. So that's like yeah. the Diamondbacks did with Corbin Carroll. The dude looked like he was out for I know this year and some of next year. And he played the next day. Why not just day. give him, like, give him two games rest. And then he gets right. five days of the all-star break. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. That's, that's weird. Yeah. Sounds like something the Cardinals would do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> let's not go down that rabbit hole <laughs> um but yeah uh riley green's probably not the only guy that uh to look at on that team let's just mention another one and spencer torkelson i know you've been you've been looking at spencer um yeah so the detroit tigers if the detroit tigers have a couple pieces that they could go on a run yeah they really could got together and and ran and they just got uh tariq scuball back I Did don't they? know, man. Yeah, he just came back, I think, last week. I mean, they signed um, Javier Baez to a big contract last year. They didn't, they don't sign. You don't spend that kind of money just to. I mean, unless you're the Rockies, you don't spend that kind of money just to to be last and you what? know towards the bottom of the division. Let's see where they sit right now in the standings. So I'm going to talk about Tork just because, and I don't. I've been paying attention to, to Torkelson for the last few weeks because I'm in a position where I kind of need a, a first baseman. Andrew Vaughn just hasn't quite been the guy we expected him to. The White Sox are a bad team somehow. I'm not entirely sure how. They have a lot of talent on the team. They're just not good. Um, and I've been, you know, looking for a guy that might break out in the second half. And, you know, for me, I think Torque might be that guy. Now, granted, I'll give you the fact that his average is still sitting at 229. You know, he he hasn't really hit for much average, which coming out of the draft, you expected him to be like a 280 to 300 hitter, but he hasn't been that guy. What he has done is he started hitting for more power. Um, his hard hit rate over since uh, May has gone from 31.5% all the way up to 45.5%. So... He started hitting the ball a lot harder, a lot more frequently, and that's turning into more doubles um, and, and more home runs. Now, he still has not found his home run stroke that we expected him to because he's got a lot of raw power. But I don't know. I think if they can get Riley Green back um, and they can find maybe one more piece in that lineup, that they can, they can make a run Detroit. If it wasn't for Torkelson's week 12, where he scored negative one and a half points, the week prior he scored 33, and then week 13 he scored 40. I mean, that's elite <laughs> kind of trends right there, I mean, you know, numbers, except for that gap yeah. week. I don't know how you go from 30 points to negative one and a half to 40 points. Yeah, but hats he, off he to everybody that picked him up after that week 11, where he scored 33 and started him. Only, you know, condolences. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. <laughs> That's tough. <laughs> uh, let's play a game here, Wes, with uh, with with uh, Spencer Tuckelson. We got first baseman here. Start, sit, cut. We've got. All right, let's play a game, Wes, with first baseman and Tuckelson. There, start, sit, cut of first baseman. You got to start one, sit one, and cut one. We got Torkelson, Tristan Casas, and Anthony Rizzo. Start, sit, cut. Oh, man. Um, 
I love what Casas is doing. He looks like he's starting to kind of come into his own, but he's not quite slugging enough for me. Um, Rizzo, if you look at his numbers over the last two months, God, he has not been good. Um, he had a pretty hot start to the season, and then he just not he has not been good uh, as a fantasy asset uh, over the last few months. So, I think for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna start Torque. I'm going to sit Casas and I'm going to cut Rizzo. Oh, and that's that's saying 98% own Rizzo is being cut and the other the other two guys are what like 40%, 50% owned. Yeah, 40% owned. Let's yeah. uh I know Torkelson uh Torkelson 63% owned and that's I mean the dude just scored 40 points last week and 33 I know. 2 weeks prior to that. Um Rizzo is 98% owned. So you're almost yeah, and- going backwards in roster percentage there. Casas is he's thirty eight percent owned and he scored twenty in week twelve, thirteen, fifteen, week ten and eleven. Um he's at ten and a half this week, so he's not putting up huge numbers in, in, in fantasy, but and he's not striking out that much. You know, he walks a decent amount, he has a great eye. He's just you're just like you see the tools there and you're just waiting. You're just waiting for it to happen. I mean, when um, when Kyle Schwarber's hot, Kyle Schwarber is very valuable. Even if only he's hitting yeah. two twenty, he's hitting enough home runs and and doubles to make him well. And that's what Torkelson's turning into is a is a Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, he's not hitting for any kind of average, but two twenty. That I mean, two twenty is the new two fifty. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, Torkelson has that power to go off and go on a streak, especially if he can get some protection in that lineup where he's not going to be pitched around. If uh, Riley Green and, for goodness sake, Javier Baez could just put the bat on the ball. And Baez, um, need to, he needs a swing change, man. There's too much going on in his swing. He just, he's, he's too got, much he's power. Got a, yeah, he's, 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 he's got to simplify it, man. Yep. He's got too many hitches in his swing. He reminds me of BJ Upton. You remember when BJ, like, when he went to the Braves, and, like, he just had so much going on in his swing. He couldn't catch up to the fastball, so he was coming around everything. Yeah, that's 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 where Baez is at now. Now, Baez is, I can't, I can't say he's trending up. He's, his slugging is trending up. I'll, I'll say that. He yeah. was 287 in April, 327 in May, and June it was 365. Um, but goodness gracious, that strikeout to walk rate. <laughs> in June, he had 30, 26 games, 35 strikeouts to three walks. I mean, poor anybody that, you know, poor Detroit Tigers and, that was their. They went and spent some money, and this guy yeah. looks like he should be in Double A. And then, I mean, look, they, they, they're only five and a half games behind the Guardians. Um, twins are a half game behind the Guardians. Look, man, I, I could see the Tigers being a dark horse in the AL Central because I just don't have much faith in the Guardians scoring many runs. I, I don't. Well, let's look where they were a month ago. The Tigers. They were because they were not this close. So what's today? June 9th or July 9th? July 9th. June. And the crazy thing is, they're ten games under five hundred. Yeah, that's terrible to be that close. <laughs> so a month ago, they were twenty six and thirty five. Four, four and a half out of first place. <laughs> they had just lost seven in a row, and they were they were they'd lost nine of their last ten on. We're talking June 9th. And now what what's their record today? If it was twenty six and thirty five, it's what now? It's thirty nine and forty nine. 
39 and 49. Yeah. That's so not, that crazy. I mean, they've done better, but still, they've they've lost yeah. four, uh, 10, 14 games and won 39, 13. So about 500 record. But it's better than a seven-game losing streak. Yeah. And, hey, look, they, they got some young kids that are kind of sitting in the wings. Cole Keith, you know, if you watch him, like – his ETA is 2024, but he's been pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, Reese Olsen, he's been okay. Um, he has some stuff that maybe he'll stick around. I, I don't know, man. They they could be a dark horse. Yeah, so I got one more game for you. Um, we mentioned Riley Green. We mentioned Kyle Schwarber. Um, one guy we haven't mentioned is Jaron Durant, what he's doing right now. Mm. Um, I think he gets... Uh, <laughs> Honorable mention for our waiver wire ad here. I think he's a little bit more owned, but the guy is red hot. He's Man. hitting in the last six games. His slugging, or is it, not slugging, I'm sorry. He's his average. batting average is what now? 619. My goodness. So I, let's, let's, let's run with that. Um, would you rather, let's start, sit, cut, Jaron Duran. Riley Green or Kyle Schwarber? Yeah, yeah. For Durant, you know, it looks like he uh, he picked up the barbell and he went back to doing curls, uh, and it's working out for him. Uh, Schwarber had a hot June. He put down the barbell, and uh, you know he's he's <laughs> he's done with the curls for the month of, of July. But I think Ozuna's hot streak is over. I didn't mention um, Ozuna though. <laughs> Did I? Oh. Sorry, I it's in the, in the notes. notes, but I changed it. I changed right, it. Who's, so it's, who's the third guy then? I said Riley Green. <laughs> oh, all right. Actually, I think that's a better comparison. So yeah, Durant, Schwarber, Green. Um, ooh, I think I know. I'm tough, man. Cutting. I think I'm cutting Schwarber though. Yeah. I, I, Durant is so hot right now. You have to start him. I think Riley Green, oh, given man. what he was doing before. He got hurt. If he can come back and just be a glimpse of that, like I'm going to sit him and have him on my roster, and then I'm going to cut Schwarber because he's still hitting below the Mendoza line. Um, he's at 184. Look at his trends. I, I, I know. I, 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 I said cut, and then I opened up his trends, and the dude has scored 27, 31, 23, 20. The dude hasn't scored below 20 points since subtracting week 12. Since week six, he's a hundred percent owned. But okay, how different is Kyle Schwarber right now than Chris Davis when he hit fifty home runs? He's he's not. But we're we're talking of fantasy point trends wise, not trends, but just fantasy like, points wise. It's so difficult for me to like buy into Schwarber. Below 200, hitting that many home. He might run into to 40 or 45. Like, hell, he could get hot and go on a 50, you know. But if he's hitting below 200, it's like he's so home run reliant that, like, that you never know when you're going to get that 40-point wink that he puts up because he That's hits five what runs, My point right? was going to be was home run reliant guy. So, I don't know, man. I think I'd like a little more consistency. Um, sure, Riley Green's not going to put up the same home run numbers, but he's going to hit 300. He's going to hit some doubles. He might steal a bag or two. Um, and I'd rather, I'd rather have that uh, 
availability of points from green than the home run reliancy of Schwarber. So um, where is your start set cut? So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna start Duran. He's just too hot right now to to do anything else with. Um, I'm gonna sit green and I'm gonna drop. I'm gonna cut Schwarber. I'm I'm gonna be a little different from you there. Um, I can't I can't cut Schwarber. I was I said that right as we brought it up. Um, I'm going to start. I'm gonna start Schwarber. Oh, I'm start Schwarber. I'm going oh. to sit Duran and I'm cutting green. Oh man, I think the trends there. The trends there are way too of just looking at who's going to score fantasy points from week to week. Schwarber um, has been doing it. Uh, I Tommy feel, would have a t- heart attack right now. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, hey, I, I said I'm sitting Duran. I'm not cutting him. I'm cutting Green. Um, green, his 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 ceiling is is lower. He's got. A, I would I would say the safest. Schwarber might have the floor. No, I can't even say that because he's still scoring twenty as his floor. Yeah. Um, you could. I, the case for not taking Green, you know, for me is basically like, hey, he's been hurt. Like we gotta, we gotta see what he can do when he comes back because he's only played what uh, like three or four games since he's come back. Like, you don't know how he's gonna re- react over the course of time to the injury. So right. I think that's the case to be made. Right. Um, ah. That was, that was tough. That was much that tougher is, than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. If it was Ozuna, that would be easy. Yeah. Drop Ozuna, Ozuna from, from the Braves. Ozuna from the Braves. <laughs> well, all right. Well, this has been episode 33. We got into some waiver wire, got some fun start set cut. I think we had some great content here, Wes. Um, got into first base tiers, just a little bit of guys who are widely available. And then that great uh, outfield one there. Uh, I think that was some good stuff. Uh, if you're not doing it already, find us on Twitter. Um, Wes posts stuff uh, daily for the top hitters and top pitchers of that day and uh, gives you some advice basically on a daily basis a little bit of who's trending, who you might want to pick up. You don't got to wait for our, our weekly waiver wire episode. Wes, Wes is giving advice every day. Um, so be sure to find him on Twitter, BNB underscore Wes there. Um, some content's always coming out on our on our Instagram page. Uh, I think Twitter's our most interactive page. Um, yeah, Twitter get... it's a lot easier to interact with people on there. Instagram love posting content there too, but you know it's just not a platform that you go back and forth with people on. Right. So be sure to follow us on Twitter. Get over there, start interacting with us. We love it. We love uh, as you see me and Wes here just going back and forth with that outfield discussion. I think we can go more, but we're getting a little long here. And so I'll close this out for episode 33. Uh, This is Fantasy Baseball Camp. We'll catch you guys in the next one.